Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Amen. You may be seated tonight for a brief moment. Nights like tonight are extremely difficult to put into words because God's kingdom is a kingdom that has no end. And when you look out into the seats tonight, there's an army, there's a host, it's a great number of people that have made their minds up that they want to be on the side that Jesus is on. Anybody on the Lord's side tonight? I said, is there anybody on the Lord's side tonight? I don't know where you stand, but I'll tell you where my feet stand. My feet standing in an evening place, and I know that my mind is made up to live for Jesus. Oh, clap your hands and lift up your voice one more time if you're grateful. Amen. Amen. This conference is better than what we could have fathomed in our mind, conceptualized and planning. And I want to tell every visitor that's here tonight, we are so blessed and so honored and so grateful that you've traveled the many miles to make the effort to come and experience God with us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to speed up preliminaries because we have a lot to cover tonight. But I'm grateful for every man of God in this house. More importantly, I'm grateful for my man of God. The shepherd that God has placed into my life. The man of God that God has handpicked to lead, to guide, direct. There's a lot of young preachers out there have aspirations of preaching and finding the pulpit, feeling the call to ministry. But obedience is the greatest of all principles of servanthood. And you really don't find out what kind of man you are and who you want to be until you're pressed into the corner. And I'll tell every young man in this room, every young lady in this room, that you stand with your man of God no matter what. I don't know if you heard me tonight. You stand with your man of God, whether the world forsakes you, people lie on you, defame your name, you stand with the man that God has placed in your life. And no one knows what that feels like, like I do. So, Pastor, I want to tell you publicly, I will stand by your side. I'll stand by your side. 
To my family, all those that are praying, it is extremely difficult. There's been depression and fear and a whole lot of sad faces. These 138 days of turmoil and despair. But I got a big smile on my face because I got a preacher on the way. And there's a young man that's coming after me. My wife is expecting and come October, amen, we will be parents for the first time. And we're so excited about that. Hey, God still works miracles. 1,140 days we prayed for a miracle and God answered a prayer. Amen. Amen. This conference is being broadcasted. And there are thousands and thousands of people here. But there's even more listening because of the ministry of Brother Hoffer. Amen. And those that are streaming the service. And I feel like God wants to speak to us tonight. Anybody came for the Lord to speak to you? Because I have... A son on the way. My mind's been a little weighed more than ever because the soberness that there's a generation of my own blood that's going to have to walk in this world puts an urgency in my spirit to preach like I've never preached before. Because if this world is going to be saved, there has to be a generation after generation after generation after generation. And I've made up my mind that I'm going to do my part right now to make sure that there's a church that's still standing. There's a church that's still shouting. There's a church that's still reaching. There's still going to be a church. And so my briefcase is heavy tonight as we stand across the sanctuary. I can't tell you with a certainty what God is going to do throughout this service. But I've seen enough, heard enough, felt enough to know that something supernatural is going to happen in this house tonight if we believe it. Anybody believe that something super God's moving already, but there's more. There's more. Psalms 46 and 10. Ecclesiastes 3. For your consideration tonight, 46 and 10 of Psalms will be the first text. We live in an hour right now where the world is shaking, there's question marks, there's uncertainty, there's a whole lot of noise that's going on. But I believe that God wants to challenge us tonight. God wants to stretch our minds and build something in our spirit. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us. Psalms 46 and 10, when you have it, say amen. Amen. 
The word of the Lord says, be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Can I remind you tonight that God gets the glory in everything. God gets the glory in everything. And that's powerful to know because Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says to everything there is a season and a time. Everybody shout time. Some transliterations defines that word time as moment. To everything there's a season and a moment under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. But I want you to pay close attention to what happens in the seventh verse. The Bible says that there is a time for silence. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. Tonight's message is not going to be a popular one. If I had my choice to preach a conference message, this would not be it. But God supersedes our plans on any day of the week. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Anybody want God to speak right to your spirit? Come on, if you want God to speak to you, I want you to lift your hands up. From this corner all the way to the back, I want you to lift your hands and lift up your voice. As loud as you can unto the Lord that you would hear the voice from heaven. If you feel the Holy Ghost right now, just come on, just feel after the Spirit of God. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. God can do something like you've never seen Him perform in your life. Amen. It is very rare that I get to preach at home. And I feel like preaching tonight. Anybody going to help me preach? Amen. Clap your hands. You may be seated in Jesus' name.
Silence is uncomfortable. Silence is a place of uneasiness because we live in a world that has a need for noise. A moment of silence is a place that many people are afraid of. In fact, there is the defining of fears called phobias. And whether you've heard of it or not, there is a phobia of that very thing called silence. It's called sedate phobia and those that suffer from this phobia, when things are very still, when motion becomes motionless and sound becomes quiet. These individuals become quickly uneasy and their uneasiness sends them to a stage of panic because they are fearful of silence. I feel to preach tonight because we are in the midst of a day, we are in the midst of an age where noise is the food of choice. Our generation, this generation, my generation, we are afraid of silence. We are afraid in silence so much in that we fell in, no- in love with the noise. In fact, I would venture to say that we really sometimes love drama. Let the church say amen. We like drama. We love chaos. But can I tell you that without proper balance, if we don't find silence, we're going to find ourselves in a terrible place. Ecclesiastes 3 presents... A situation to us that there's a time and a season for everything in its proper place. A time for this, a time for that, and in that defining of moments, there is a time for silence. The danger and not allowing yourself to find silence. Is that if we're going to find God, there are some places in God you, we would never reach until you find the secret caverns of his nature. There are some things about God we would never find out until you find the secret place. Until you find a divine place of stillness. Until you break away from the noise. If we're going to find God, we must find silence. Tonight is not going to be an easy night because this message is not an easy message. The reality is 
that every last one of us on any given day of the week we find ourselves in a place where we're trying to find God. We're trying to find anointing. We're trying to find power. But there are some places that you have to go and silence is the only place that you can run. That's why in 1 Kings 19 and 11, God spoke to a prophet. God spoke to Elisha. He said, Elisha, I want to talk to you. I want to have a conversation with you. And the Bible says that he told him to go out and stand on the mountain. And Elisha peeks out his face. And there's rain coming down from the cave. And Elisha stands out and the Bible says that the Lord passed by. Can I tell you that the Lord is here right now? Can I tell you that the Holy Ghost is here right now? The Lord passed by and the Bible says that the mountains begin to shake because there was a great and strong wind that began to rend the mountains and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Bible tells us that the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But can I let you in on a secret that the Lord was not in the earthquake either? And after the earthquake, a fire, and guess what? The Lord was not in the fire either. But after, somebody shout after. But after the fire, there was a moment in time. There was a stillness and season. And after the fire, things got quiet enough. That the prophet can hear God. And after the fire, a still, small voice. To everything, there's a season and a time to be silent. Why must we be silent? When must we be silent? For what purpose must we be silent? I feel an unction in the Lord and I understand that I'm taking my time. I feel an unction in the Lord to preach about after a moment of silence. If there was ever an hour that this earth needed to find God, that hour is now. If there was ever a day that we needed to hear the anointed voice that flows from heaven, that day, that hour is now. Oh, and I feel like preaching right now to let you know that if we're going to find God, you won't find him in the north. Oh, I feel my preach coming on in the house. If we're going to find God, you won't find God in the noise of society. Oh, I don't know if you hear me tonight. If we're going to find God, it's going to be in a place where we find our face. And we said, God, I'm breaking away from everything that's shaking my world. I'm breaking away from everything that's tearing my life to pieces. I'm I feel, is it all right if I just preach a little bit? 
We live in a generation. We live in a time where we're inundated with the noise of the earth and we have no time to hear the stillness of God. But can I tell you that if my mind is made up to hear God, I have to break away from the things that are distracting my spirit. Oh, I feel like preaching in the house right now. I feel like preaching in the house right now. Can I tell you right now that brother, brother Bishop Bass, you preached last night. We live in a day and an hour where people are spending too much time talking and not enough time doing. I feel like saying that again people are spending time they say we must have a conversation because this trial in society is overtaking us we have to have dialogue about this we need to talk about this we need to hashtag this we need to advocate for this and let people know where I stand but no one wants to stand still No one wants to be still. No one wants to find silence. Because finding silence means that we have to suppress the things in our nature that love the noise. Are there any drama queens in the house? We love the drama. It has to be some mess. It has to be some drama. It has to be chaos. It has to be so noisy that I can't hear what God is wanting to do. And it's the silence that we are pushing out because we don't want to hear what God is really saying. Because when you find silence, you'll find God. And when you find God, you'll find anointing. And when you find anointing, you'll find direction. And when you find direction, you'll find your purpose. Can I tell every young person in this house right now that I don't have time to be inundated with the noise of the world. I don't have time to find out what the news is trying to tell me in my spirit. I don't have... I feel like preaching right now. We got to get to a place that we say less and do more. That we say less and pray more. That we say less and reach more. That we say less. This is a time that we must say what God wants us to say and hear what God wants us to hear. I'm telling you right now, if there was ever a time that we ought to be slow to speak and swift to hear, that time is now. Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift up your voice in the house. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, shh. Well, that's a really long shh. If we want God to move in this hour, we're going to have to get to a place that we find revelation for the time. And after a moment of silence, not only do you find God, but you find deliverance. Can I preach for a little while? There's a whole lot of people that are fearful right now. 
There's fear beyond belief. There's contagious fear. And contagious fear doesn't bring you to silence. It brings you to chaos. Is it alright if I just preach for a little while? You see, this principle of silence, this invocation of silence, uh, it's not some unbiblical, some foreign concept. uh, Because you find that silence is the very thing that God uh, was trying to teach the children of Israel. God's people, any any God's people in the house. He was trying to teach them this principle of silence because they they came out of the land of Egypt with high hands uh, and with a voice of deliverance uh, and with the power of victory. uh, But when they came to a place of circumstance, the Bible says in Exodus 14 and 9 uh, that when they came to the Red Sea uh, and they looked up and they saw the mountains on either side uh, and they looked behind them, then panic. Because they saw that the Egyptians were in hot pursuit of them. They saw there was some folks that was trying to destroy the church. I don't think you hear what I'm telling you. They saw that there were some folks that were trying to destroy the people of God. And in that moment, listen, in that quick moment, that decisive moment of fight or flight, They found reason to lift up their voice and it was not a heavenly sound. The Bible said that the children of Israel began to complain, began to murmur and shout unto God, God, why did you take us to the wilderness to die? Isn't that what they said? They begin to shout, begin to complain. God, why did you take us here? Why are we in this place here? Why is the world shaking now? What is going on in our society? God, did you lead us here to kill us all? And the Bible says that Moses began to stand up to steal the people. And in Exodus 14 and 13, the first words that he said was fear not. Oh, I hope you feel what the Holy Ghost is. He said, fear not. I don't know if you can hear me back at the back. He said, fear not. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. He said, you stand right there where I want you to stand. I don't want you to move. I don't want you to shake. I don't want you to fear because I'm... Listen, listen. You think that standing still is about motion, but there's more there. There's more there than motion. Where else were they going to go? Between a rock and a hard place, where else were they going to go? And Moses is saying, stand still. Uh, but there's more there because I believe that Moses was saying, you need to stand silent and see what God is about to do. Because in a moment of silence, it's a time of prayer and reflection and meditation. He said, I don't need your opinion. I don't need your help. I just... I just need you to be still and know that I am. 
You ought to know that I'm Jehovah Jireh that took you out of the land of Egypt. I'm the same God that gave you a promise. And if I said I'll pull you out, I'll bring you through. Oh, you want to lift up your voice and say, God, I'm standing still. I'm standing right here. Without. He says, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Because after a moment of silence comes deliverance. Can I tell you right now, we live in a world that the church is shaking. The world is shaking. Society is shaking. But I'll tell you why we have no reason to fear. Because the captain of the Lord's host... Can I tell you why I'm preaching with a spirit of hope tonight? Because 2 Corinthians 4 and 8 says we are troubled on every side. But yet not in distress. Oh, I don't know if you hear me tonight. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down but not destroyed. I want to tell every devil that in hell that's been lying to you and telling you that the days of the church is over. Devil, you got another thing coming. Because when we get on the other side of this Red Sea, that moment of silence, it'll be all worth it. That moment of silence, Stand still and see. He said, be still and know that I am God. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. Anybody going to preach with me? I feel a preach in my spirit. This is a time not only to be still, but be apostolic. Not only be still, but be a soul winner. Not only be still, but... I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. I know you're moving quickly, but we still got to talk about some stuff. After silence comes deliverance. And after silence comes revelation. Because everybody in the world is right now is trying to figure out what's going to happen after all of this. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going to happen after all of this. Can I tell you what's going to happen? Can I tell you what's going to happen? God's still going to be on the throne. Oh, I don't think you're convinced yet. I said God's still going to be on the throne. All right, I feel like I got to convince some folks. You can stand there or you can sit, but we still going to talk tonight. See, the disciples didn't understand what we need to understand. In Mark 4 and 38, the disciples were in a boat. The disciples were in calamity. 
The disciples were in the midst of chaos. And the wind start blowing and the, the waves start rocking and the, the sea start shaking. And just like those Israelites, the disciples all of a sudden start crying out for fear. Anybody hear me preach right now? They start crying out for fear. And Jesus, for some reason, was not shaken by the circumstance. Because he's trying to teach us in silence uh, that when events uh, and circumstance uh, and havoc uh, are all around you, he's saying, be still. He tried to tell the Israelites, uh, I don't want your behavior to be dictated by the circumstance. And the disciples, all of a sudden, they begin to shake Jesus and say, Jesus, why are you sleeping? Carest now that that we perish? God, don't you care that we're in the middle of a pandemic? Don't you care that the economy is falling to pieces? God, don't you care that people can't go to church no more? God, don't you care? And I can see Jesus just rubbing his eyes. And saying, what, what are you talking about? Don't you know who's in the boat with you? Don't you know who's in the boat with you? I said, don't you know who? Wait, 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 wait. But Jesus... He had to pull that be still out of his pocket. And he told the wind and he told the waves. The Bible says uh, that he rebuked the wind uh, and he said, peace, be still. Doesn't that sound familiar? Be still, be still, be still. But that's not what I want to talk about because the disciples like us got excited. They start shaking. They said, I can't believe he just stopped the wind. I can't believe he just stopped the rain. But that's not where the revelation came. The revelation came when everything got real quiet. And one of the disciples spoke up and said, what manner of man is this? And I tell you what this world needs to see uh, that when the dust settles uh, and all these things pass uh, and the rioters leave the streets uh, and the protesters go home uh, and the stores open up uh, and everything they're going to look and say wait a minute uh, what kind of church uh, is still standing uh, after all of They're going to say, what manner of people is this? What kind of church is this? That after all of this, and the dust settles, there's still a church. Oh, you ought to get excited if you're going to be a part of that church. You are... When everything got quiet, when the when things got quiet enough, and the, and the wind stopped blowing, and the waves settled out, after the silence, there was a revelation of who God was. 
Be still and know that I am God. Why? Can I tell you why? Because God will be exalted among the heathen and God will be exalted in the earth. And when people say, how in the world did the church make it after all of this? We'll say, because we know our God. We know our God. We know our I don't know if you know God like I know God, but it's the God that sickness has to flee. It's the God that demons tremble. It's the God. Is this all right tonight? Is that right if I preach a little bit longer? I'm glad I got everybody feeling real good right now. This is what you call bait and switch 101. Because I have to tell you some sobering truths. There is anointed young people in this room right now. There's preachers in this room. There's evangelists in this room. There's Sunday school teachers. There's Bible study teachers in this room. There's a generation that's coming up, a generation that loves noise, a generation that loves noise. And there is in the midst of the earth right now, there's oppressive spirits that's trying to vie for your affection. There's a spirit of Babylon that's trying to pick our young people out one by one. Is anybody going to still preach with me? And I've got to warn you tonight. Because in the midst of these 130 days, I begin to lay down. I begin to pray and seek the face of God. And God spoke to me so clearly, Bishop Bass. He said, beware of the stone throwers. He said, beware of the stone throwers. Can I tell you that the apostolic church has the best talent that the world has to offer. We have the most beautiful young people, the most anointed young people, the smartest young people, the most brilliant young people. Hear me, hear me, hear me. But when the devil sees talent and ability, he sees potential for recruitment. Daniel, Daniel 1 and 3, Daniel 1 and 3, he sees potential to try to convince you that there's another message better than this message. Anybody still with me right now? And when King Nebuchadnezzar sees Jerusalem he started looking for those young people tell me what he said in Daniel 1 and 3 and the king spoke yeah 
unto Aspenaz, the uh-huh. master of his eunuchs, yes. that he should bring certain of the children of Israel. Wait, he said certain. Certain of the children of Israel. Not all of them, but the anointed ones. Certain of the children of Israel. Not all of them, but the drum players and the musicians. Certain of the children of Israel. Not all of them, but the ones with a call of God on their life. Certain of the children of Israel. Not all of them, but those that are anointed to preach. Certain of the children Not all of them, but those... Those that's going to storm up to the gates of hell uh, and say, not today, Satan. Certain of the children of Israel. Not all of those, but those with their mind up uh, that this is my church uh, and this is my... Certain of the children of Israel. Yeah. Wait, what, what, what kind of children were they? And of the king's seed. Yeah. And of the princes, mm-hmm. Keep children in whom was no blemish, no blemish, but well favored, well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, yes, and understanding, and understanding science, of the science, and such as had ability in them, ability to stand in the king's palace. Damn. Stand to stand, stand to stand, stand and represent God in the like you've never represented Him before. Uh, to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ in the earth, uh, stand in the King's palace. That's who He wanted. But can I tell you why He wanted them? And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. That He might teach them the learning. And the tongue of the Chaldeans. Is it all right if I just preach a little bit? Preach to all of my social media fans that want to hashtag stuff and join movements that you have no idea what they are. Preach. Preach. You need to check God's mission statement and then check their mission statement. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. Because he's he's taking our educated young people and the ones with brilliant minds uh, that have understanding uh, and intellectual astuteness uh, and that's the ones that he's trying to give to join their team. Teach and learn the tongue of the Chaldeans. So you can learn their message. Yeah. And not preach this message. I feel like telling the devil right now uh, if our young people are going to march in the streets, uh, you're going to be marching to knock doors uh, on the lost sinners uh, of this world. Uh, if you're going to st- if you're going to pass out cars in the street, uh, it better have your church's address on it uh, because we represent Christ. Uh, we This is my movement. This is my movement. This is my. Yeah. It's all right if I just keep preaching. Preach on. And they want to tell you that if you're silent on their matters. Yeah. That you're not talking about what matters. All right. But can I just let you in on a secret? The church is the greatest institution that has ever been orchestrated on the face of this planet. Yeah. And if I'm going to preach any message, I'm going to preach here on Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. 
repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall ye shall ye shall receive it I'm telling you, we got to beware of the stone throwers. We got to beware of the people that's trying to destroy your pastor. You got to beware of people that throw stones at preachers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you like Twitter. I know you like Facebook. But that's not the place to throw stones. If you think that I'm out of line for any reason, must I bring you to John 8 and 6? Because just like they tried to recruit you, they tried to recruit Jesus too. It's all right if I just keep on preaching. Just like they're trying to recruit you and say, don't these stones look nice? Oh yeah, we live in a day that people used to throw stones and hide their hands. But now they throw stones and pick up another one. And they drug this poor innocent, well not innocent, but innocent by the correctness of the law. Yeah. Because there was no witness and they did not bring the other of the accusation. But they brought this lady that was caught in the act of adultery. And they came to Jesus trying to seduce him and trying to trick him. And they said, Jesus, what do you say of this matter? This they said, tempting him. What do you think about this matter? Uh-huh. We need to talk about this. What, what's your opinion on this matter? All right. What sayest thou? Yeah. This they said, tempting him. They tried to tempt him. That they might have to accuse him. Because they're trying to find fault in you. To accuse him. Because as soon as you jump on their bandwagon, uh, then you're no longer an apostolic. To accuse him. Ah, keep reading, keep reading. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. Do you mean to tell me that Jesus didn't say anything? As though he heard them not. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. He act like he never even heard them. As though he heard them not. I know this may be as childish as childish can be, but every time I see something pop up on my feet, I want to close my eyes and as though he heard them. Act like I never heard a thing. But wait, listen. It said Jesus. She's supposed to be stoned. She's guilty. What do you say of this? So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. Since you want to throw a stone, you take the first throw. Mm -hmm. But make sure you check yourself first. He that is without sin among you. He that is without sin among you. If you're sinless, okay, go ahead and throw. He that is without sin among you. If you don't need mercy, then go ahead and throw. 
He that is without sin among but you. But I feel like stopping uh, to take a moment of silence uh, and say, I need mercy. I need mercy. Uh, and if you don't need mercy, uh, You must understand the the dynamic of this text. Because if there was any man qualified to throw a stone, Jesus was qualified. Yeah. Yeah. He that knew no sin became sin. And he himself was willing to say, I won't condemn you either. Because it's easier to throw a stone than to walk away. Can I tell everybody in this house uh, the reason why uh, we are all in this tent uh, under the heavens tonight uh, is because there was a God through the grace uh, and the mercy of time. Uh, He looked down uh, and he stooped down uh, and he kept writing uh, and he kept writing uh, when the devil accused you. uh, He just kept on writing uh, when the devil... He said, no, no, no. I won't throw a stone because there's a hill I gotta climb. Is this all right tonight? Preach. Beware of the stone throwers. I want to tell you right now that if this generation is going to make it, we have to find mercy. Can I I tell you what mercy will do? Mercy will make you step out in the neighborhood where people don't look like you. Yeah. Mercy will make you talk to people on a college campus uh, that you have no business talking to, uh, but only for the purpose of saying, uh, I know a God. uh, I know a God. uh, Be still and know. Oh, lift your hands right now. Feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's a spirit in the house. Come on, there's a generation on the brink. There's a generation of soul winners that God is trying to propel in the earth. And he's saying, no, you leave that stone there. Because if you just take time to think, God's been too good to you. Don't you know that he's the God of deliverance? Don't you know that he's the God of revelation? Don't you know that he's the God of mercy? You don't think you need mercy. I'll tell you why you need mercy. When you sat in the back of that truck and you had five minutes of what you thought was fun and you dragged your head back to your pastor, it's mercy that said, guess what? You can still be used by God. You can still be... I don't know if you hear me. I'm not a part of the crowd that want to shun young people and throw them in the trash. That's not my God. He said, I won't condemn you either. You can still be a soul winner. You can still be a child of God. You can still be anointed. Because, because mercy comes after silence. Come on, if you need the mercy of God, you ought to lift up your hands. If you need the anointing of God, you ought to lift up your voice.
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's mercy that if you've been in sin, God will wash every sin away. If you've been in sin, God will wash every sin away. He'll fill you with the spirit. That's what mercy would do. That's what silence would do. You cannot tell me that your response in affliction doesn't matter. I don't know how it happened in the mind of God. This lady that's standing here like I'm standing here in need of mercy. That same God, when he stood before his accusers. Yeah. Isaiah 53 and 7 says that he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth Jesus took a moment of silence as a lamb before his shearers is dumb he uttered not a word why did he not utter a word as he stood in the court of Pilate in Mark 15 the Bible says that Pilate was amazed because the chief priests were accusing him of this, accusing him of that, and he never said a word. Never. God, how could you keep silent in a time like this? I'll tell you why. Because God knew his mission statement. And he said, if I open up my mouth, they cannot be saved. Yep. If I defend myself, they cannot have mercy. The Holy Ghost. And all the way to a place called Calvary. Brother Menini with a 300 pound cross on his back with bruises on his back and blood running down his face he never said a word never never as he's pressing his way up that hill he never said a word and I tried to find it I tried to find it I dug deep to find it Try to find the first time that God opened his mouth after he had, had a moment of silence. In Luke 23 and 33, the Bible says when they came to a place called Calvary, as they laid hold on Jesus, the Lamb that was innocent, the Lamb that was slain, the Lamb was spotless the bible says that as they came to a place called calvary that jesus opened up his mouth and he said father father forgive them forgive them for they know not what they do because after the silence of jesus came the cry salvation 
There's been voices, there's been noise, there's been fear, there's been despair, there's been weights of iniquity, there's been a whole lot of calamity in the earth. But right now I can hear a cry coming from Calvary and he's saying, Father, Father forgive them for they know not what they do because there's some young people at America's Youth Conference that they're going to need anointing and I can't open my mouth, they're going to need my grace and I can't say a word they're going to question whether I'm called to preach or not and I everybody shout silence God's going to do two things tonight listen carefully number one God is going to reveal his spirit to young people in this room tonight. And the anointing that's going to come out of this service is going to be so undeniable that when people see you, they're going to say, what manner of child is this? That's number one. And number two, there's going to be signs and wonders and supernatural power poured out in this house like you've never seen before. Listen. But we got to play from Jesus' playbook. If we're going to lift up our voice, if you're going to say something, you have to say something that's worth being said. My mom used to tell me, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Mama was right. And right now, I know you got a whole lot of stuff that you can complain about and a whole lot of stuff that you're worried about. But in the presence of God, he's not looking for complaints. He's just looking for you to stand still and see his salvation. Oh yeah, you feel the Holy Ghost right there, don't you? You feel something about to break in the house. I want everybody that can in this house, from this corner of the tent, all the way to that corner of the tent. I want you to lift up your hands as high as you can. I want you to cry out with a cry of salvation. you're depressed but cry out to God I know you're weak and weary but cry out to Jesus I know there's a whole lot in distress in despair in frustration but God come on that's it there's a cry of salvation I need your anointing Jesus I need your grace Jesus I need your Come on, that's it a little louder, a little louder. Cry unto the Lord. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear. Come on, lay it on the line. God, I'm frustrated. I don't know if I'm going back to college. I don't know if things are going to get better. I don't know if I'm going to have a job next week. I don't know what's going to happen to my ministry. God. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? It's the cry of salvation. It's the cry of salvation. Come on, every eye is closed. Come on, lift your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. And cry unto the Lord.
Come on, that's somebody. You can get the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, God's poured out His Spirit. I'll tell you why. Because there's mercy at the cross. There's mercy at the cross. He took a moment of silence just for you. A moment of silence just for you. Come on, that's it. Don't let it die. Don't let it die. I'm talking to every young preacher. You don't know if you're going to be a preacher in the next few months. I'm talking to every young lady that you're praying to God that he will send you a husband. You're praying to God that he will give you a job. Every prayer, every tear, let God hear it. You want some noise? Lift up your voice. You want some noise? Lift up your voice. Come on and sit pray. Come on and sit pray. Come on, there's a sound that comes when you find a secret place. There's a sound that comes when you find the stillness of the Savior. When you find the silence. I said lift it up lift it up come on God didn't take you to the Red Sea to kill you don't worry about the virus don't worry about the economy be still be still be still and know Come on, that's it. All the way at the back of the tent. Come on, this is not a checkout moment. Come on, check in. Check in. Check in. And say, God, I'm right here. And I need your spirit. Come on, that's it. Come on, some of you need mercy. Come on, the stuff that you've been involved in. You need God's spirit of mercy and forgiveness to saturate your soul and say, God, I'm sorry. I haven't been the man of God that you called me to be. God, I'm sorry. I haven't been the woman of God that you called me to be. But I'm going to be still. I'm going to be still. Come on, that's it. God hears you. God hears you. Care us now, doctor, that we perish. Yes, I care. But do you know who I am? God cares about your life. God cares about your family. God cares about your... Come on, pray for your mama. Come on, pray for your daddy. Every backslidden young person in your youth group had the devil's trying to pull to Babylon. But you can't have our children. You can't have our young people. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Come on, Lord, don't let this night pass without you connecting with God. And said, God, I'm not leaving the throne room of Calvary until I hear from you. I'm not leaving until I... Come on, the Holy Ghost is about to fill the house. Come on, the Holy Ghost is about to fill the house. God, anoint the hands of every musician. God, anoint the voices of every preacher. God, anoint the voice of every Bible study teacher. God, give us strength to walk the streets and stand strong. God, give us the strength to walk the city and stand strong.
Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. If you need deliverance, deliverance comes after silence. If you need a breakthrough, a breakthrough comes. Come on, that's it. Let it break. Let it break. Let it break. Let it break. Oh yeah, you're almost there. Come on, you're almost there. Anoint is on the way. It's coming from Calvary. He said, I'm here. I'm here. We're coming out of Egypt and we're not looking back. I'm going to live. I won't die. God, you promised me. God, you promised me. God, you promised me. Come on, you ought to hold on to the promise. I'm getting you out of the Red Sea. I'm... Come on, sickness has to leave. Come on, sickness has to leave. Sickness has to leave. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. God, I bind every spirit of infirmity that would touch the spirits, the minds, and the bodies of your people. it. Come on, that's it. Come on, you think that God's forgot about you, but just wait until everything settles down and you're still standing. Just wait till the wind stops blowing and your life is back together and you're going to look around and say, God, I'm still here. God, I'm still here. I bind every spirit that would make our young people backslide from idleness. I bind every spirit that would cause our young people to lose their minds and sell out to the world for the moment of time to Oh, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, you gotta labor in the field. Come on, be busy about the work of God. Come on, be busy about the kingdom of God. Come on, be busy. Be busy. Don't be noisy. Be busy. Keep praying, keep praying. Come on, keep praying. Come on, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep praying. There's power after silence. There's power after silence. There's revelation after silence. There's deliverance after silence. There's forgiveness after silence. (laughs) 
Come on, that's it. Come on, this generation is upon the cusp of the return of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to be the people of God, we've got to learn what the generation before us did not learn. We have to learn to be silent before God brings victory. We have to learn to be silent before God sends a, a revival that you've never seen. Keep praying, keep praying. And when the children of Israel came to the walls of Jericho, God told them, because you did not learn your lesson, and you did not learn to be silent, when I told you to watch me work, he said, I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho, and I don't want you to say a word. I don't want you to open your mouth. I don't want you to make a noise. I want you to be silent. the Bible says uh, that God commanded Joshua. He said tell the people uh, that when I give them the signal uh, that they ought to let out a cry uh, and they ought to let out a shout uh, because after silence uh, I'm going to bring the walls down. I want you to keep praying and I want you to listen at the same time. Keep praying and I want you to listen. The Bible says, uh, he said, I want you to tell the priests uh, to grab their horns uh, and blow the trumpets. Uh, and when they blow the trumpet, uh, I want you to shout uh, and the walls are going to come down uh, because I've given you the city. Uh, but we serve a God uh, that has an expanding kingdom. Uh, and he hasn't just given us the city, uh, but he's given us the world. Uh, he hasn't just given us the city. Uh, this world does not belong to Satan. It belongs to God. He wished that no man would perish, but all would come to repentance. That's it. Keep praying. We're going to declare a spirit of victory in the house. And everything that you struggle with, I'm believing that when we lift up our voice, that those spirits are going to be broken. Every spirit of racism that you battle, every spirit of frustration, every spirit of aggravation, every spirit of infirmity, when we shout... He said, I'm going to give you the signal. You've been silent long enough because I want you to watch me work. You've been silent long enough because I want you to watch me work. He said, when I give you the sign, listen, when I give you the sign, I want you to shout. I want you to shout. I want you to shout. I want you to cry out with a loud voice. That's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, something's building. Come on, something's building. Come on, something's building. There's going to be a shout that's going to be heard around the world. I'm going to make sure that every lying devil in hell hear the voice of the generation that says, I'll stand, I'll stand, I'll stand. He said, when you hear the sound of the ram's horns being blown, you lift up your voice and I'm declaring victory in the name of Jesus. 
Believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it. Sickness, fear, disease, failure, depression, suicide. It has to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. One, two, three. Oh, 